Let's go, girls. From New York City to Los Angeles, Powered Up with Beck and Franklin is giving women of all ages permission to live the life they've always dreamed of. Why live in black and white when you can choose the brilliance of 3D and Technicolor? Each week, Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin and their high-powered guests will be here to cheer you on, to share their challenges, their successes, and what they've learned along the way. It's all about women supporting women. The stories and practical tips on sex, beauty, money, and so much more are designed to help you reconnect to the powerful woman you are. Fabulous knows no limits. Now it's time for you to expand your boundaries. Here are Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Hey ladies, this is Sandra Beck and I'm coming to you live from Los Angeles. We've got Linda in New York City and you know what Linda, we're going to visit today with Barry Eaton all the way from Australia. He's going to talk about uh, his new book coming out and give us some insight into heaven and we were just talking about heaven Linda, weren't you? And me too, I guess for that matter. Well yeah, we're we're talking about, um, I think one of our chief goals in this lifetime is trying to achieve heaven on earth. I don't think we have to wait to pass over to, to find heaven. Um, if we kind of get hold of what's going on here, we can make it happen right away. Do you well, agree? And Linda, do you th- I do, because, you know, I've been through a lot of trauma over the last couple of years, and I've learned the hard way, and, you know, with your help, too, how to get myself into a heavenly place, a place of peace, a place of being, um, and kind of watch everything unfold around me without getting drawn into the drama. And I will say my life is so much better. Oh, it really is. I mean, I think we just have to take notice of how we feel in certain situations and with certain people. And if those people or situations uh, make us feel very uncomfortable and do things that we wouldn't normally do, we really have to examine that. And we know we're never going to change other people. The only thing we can change is, is ourselves. So either we have to remove ourselves from some situations or not get so drawn in, almost like looking at life through the lens like a movie. And when you can when you can take out that you know, that that selfness out of it, I mean it, it becomes much easier because so many things we get so drawn into are so unimportant when you look at the big picture. But, or they don't have anything to do with you. That's the one thing I learned. I was in and out of court all last year with my ex-husband. It wasn't a custody case. It was a, a different issue with the state. And, you know, there was so much drama everywhere. There was so much going on, Linda. And, you know, you gave me that great piece of advice to just sit there in the waiting room, you know, of the courthouse, which is a really traumatic you know, lots of negative energy in there. It's not exactly a happy place. And I just watched it all unfold. And I thought, well, what is my part in this? And really, my part was very small. And I didn't have to do much. But I didn't have to take in all of that either. This wasn't my fight. This wasn't my drama. This wasn't my anything. And so I could just simply watch it unfold, which was really crazy considering, you know, I have two small children that were involved in this. You'd think that would take any mom and make her baddie. Of course, but tell me what was the result of you taking that action? 
Well, first of all, I had a much better experience. I didn't go through the rest of the week with all this, like what I'll call secondary trauma. And I was able to be at peace with with the proceedings. And of course, the proceedings ended up going my way and going the kids way. And it, it couldn't have come out any better. Um, you know, so I'm, I'm eternally grateful for that. But I remember at one point, like the judge and, the, you know, there's four attorneys in there. There's all these people around and social workers, everybody. And I had such peace and I noticed that people were looking at me and it wasn't that looking at me because I looked nice or anything. It was a curiosity thing. And I, I became aware of it. The more still I became, the more peaceful I became, the more I had turned it over to God and just said, you know, I've done my best. This is enough. I'm here. I'm part of this process, but I'm just going to watch it unfold. I got much different reactions from people and they treated me differently. Absolutely. I mean, if you went in as a screaming meanie and challenged everything that he did and tell, you know, telling what a son of a bitch he is and the, the whole thing, I mean, that's what they expect. And then they know how to react to that. They don't know how to react to the peaceful, calm you. And, and, and it, it's, ama- you know, it's amazing. Every time it happens, it just amazes me. Even though I know it, it's still you look at it and say, wow. Wow. Yeah. And my, my, even my attorney asked me, he's like, how are you so at peace? And I said, I am, I am at peace because I've chosen peace. And that was, you know, that's a big deal for me, Linda. I'm kind of a type A high strung, you know, single working mother, you know, 90 miles an hour everywhere I go. So for me to be like Zen and in peace was really wild. Yeah, no, <laughs> I'm a little uh, not in Zen today because I'm actually on a medication called prednisone because I have poison ivy, and it's like I don't know. I've never had speed, but it kind of feels like <laughs> it kind of feels like like you just don't get tired and you're just so full of energy and you know like you're just exploding. <laughs> so if I'm a little exuberant today, that is why. But I'm I'm weaning myself off because it's getting better. Thank goodness. Well, have you I, ever had poison ivy? I haven't. I haven't. But no. I don't. I don't, and I I can't take most prescription drugs because, like you, I'm real sensitive to it. And they wanted oh, to put me on some thyroid medication years ago, and I was driving my family bananas because I have a lot of energy <laughs> as it is, and this just yeah. shot it through the stratosphere. Yeah, you know, it's it's so funny. I you know I wake up during the night about two o'clock, and and I can't go back to sleep, and I feel like I could go out and plow the North Forty. You know, <laughs> it's really crazy. But you know that you that could. that's passing. But, you know, what you were talking about before, I really think, you know, there's no mistakes in life. And what you went through and what we all go through with our harrowing experiences, um, you know, it's a lesson to be learned. And we, we, we have to learn and take something out of everything, you know, the good and especially the bad, because the good is, yay, whoopee. But it's where we learn is really from those not so good experiences. Um, and then the contrast of what you went through and to the contrast of sitting in that courtroom being in Zen peace is so, is so huge that you say, I never want to go back to that other place. I do. I never want to go back to that. And, you know, it's funny you talk about, like, negativity leading us to enlightenment. Um, I had an experience with um, soccer last week. You know, I'm a soccer mom, and my kids play soccer, and I'm there with the coolers and the treats and the tent and, you know, the whole shebang. And a couple of the moms came up to me, and they said, you know, and I at first I wasn't sure if they were being catty or bitchy or complimentary, but they said, you know, we kind of listened to your show, you know, to, to hear if it was any good. And and then they're like, <laughs> but then in they're that like, voice, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. It was good. Um, 
but then they were like, this is really cool. We learned so much. We learned about ourselves. We, we thought differently about spirituality and the afterlife. And, you know, there's, it opened up a whole new world for us. And I thought it was so funny that, you know, here are these, these soccer moms, you know, were checking me out. And instead of, you know, coming back or ignoring me or whatever, it was kind of a negative check you out situation that led to enlightenment. And I thought that was pretty cool. I think it's very cool. I think that the world is changing. I mean, we're moving so fast now um, that if you do not notice that, if you don't try to change your life um, to, to sort of remove yourself from it, I think you're just going to get swept in because, I don't know, everything's going at lightning speed. It's just like, whew, it's, it's, it's just unbelievable. Um, so, I, you know, we ha- nobody can change what's happening out there, but we certainly can change what's going on inside of us. You know, and nothing, nothing we do in life is, is a mistake. I think it's all scripted. Um, it's so funny because when I left Wall Street and I started my blog, I actually took a course in Reiki, which is energy healing. Mm-hmm. And I got to level one and two, and it, you know, and it was interesting, and I did it for a while, and then I just sort of let it go and really kind of forgot about it. I would get Reiki from Reiki practitioners, but I never did it myself. And now um, I actually, uh, because of my dog Lucy, who doesn't like to go to the groomer, I found a groomer who does Reiki on animals. Wow. So when she comes, she, she does Reiki on Lucy, and Lucy actually <laughs> lets her groom her without too much, uh, too many problems. And it we sort of reconnected me with my Reiki. Um, she suggested a refresher book and uh, for me to read just to, to, you know, to get back into the, into the, movement of it and now i'm doing reiki on me and and lucy so it's like wow and and it's so calming and so delicious that i'm just loving it now what does it do for you like i'm always you know like what does it look like taste like smell like like when you're doing reiki on lucy like is she like rolling over like happy as a clam and you know you're like put your arms around her like no because no, I'm, I'm not that good yet, and it doesn't even have to be hands-on. If she's, you know, I, the one thing that this woman, the groomer, told me is just ask her permission to to do it. Of course, she's not going to say yes, mommy, do it. But you know, you can sort of tell it if she just lays there and she's calm and she's, and, and I'm doing it. It's and and have an intention. You know, what is my intention of this Reiki on Lucy and on Linda? And um, she says it. You don't have to really think about it. You just put it out there and, the, and then just go calm, almost like in a meditation. Now, if you do it, you can put hand, you know, you can do hands-on too, and I do with me uh, in different parts of my body. But I don't know. It's just it's it's delicious. Well, you know, I'm excited about it for you for this journey because I had Reiki done after my mom died. And, you know, I was, I talked to my mom every day. You know, she was my best friend, my biggest supporter, my biggest champion. And, and I thought when my mom died, like, that was it. And the um, Reiki uh, person, she would do like this brushing thing and she was like brushing away the sadness and bringing yep, yep. in this wonderful energy. And, you know, I could feel my mom's energy. And, you know, I'm so excited because we're going to talk to Barry Eaton today who uh, wrote a book. He actually wrote a couple of books, but he wrote, you know, one book called No Goodbyes. And he's a psychic intuitive and an author on the afterlife. And he brings some really cool insights into the afterlife. And so, you know me, Linda, I am all over this like a cheap suit. And um, I'm just, I'm so excited to meet Barry Eaton. 
Okay. Me too. Me too. You know, I've, I've been on this journey for a very long time, and, and I, you know, anytime I can get an insight, it really excites me. Well, and, you know, the idea too, you know, this guy, and he, you know, we'll bring him on, you know, in a few minutes, but he is he's like a, a professional he's educated he's he's been around a long time you know it's not like some woo woo airy fairy you know author coming on so i'm just really excited and he's a former journalist so We've got lots more powered up with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin after these messages. Secret Cuisines and Sacred Rituals is a quest, a place, and a feast. Join host Vilasi Venkatachalam every week to explore myths, mystique, old medicine, and brilliant modern solutions through a dazzling kaleidoscope of cuisines, cultures, and cures. This is the place where tribes gather, strangers and familiars, to be memory keepers and makers of our evolving, enduring, evergreen, spoken legacy of wisdom and ingenuity. In Velocity's words, when we do old things in new ways and new things in old ways, we paint with an inspired palette, weave our own healing traditions, and become our own guru. Vilasi is a troubadour of secret cuisines and sacred rituals. She collects stories of wisdom, ingenuity, and grit. She believes wellness and transformation happen when you stand at the threshold of delight and discovery. She displays her hidden penchant for drama when she leads the safari at the supper club. Her favorite pastime is to extol the marvels of cuisines, cultures, and cures. To her audience in workplaces, seminars, and salons, her mantra is, be your own guru. She is a biochemist, botanist, and alchemist who likes to churn delightful, useful things from a brew of art and science, ancient and evolving, old medicine, and new cures. Join Velocity every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, only here on the WooHoo Radio Network. I am not the woman I used to be. I'm free with Minister Diane Jones. Monday nights at 10, 9 central on Toginet. This is your chance, ladies, to hear stories of hope and healing from someone who's been there. Someone who has fought back from the horrors of incest. Minister Diane's innocence was stolen from her in the land of alcoholism and mental illness, which led to her being emotionally, physically, and sexually abused by her parents. Yet in spite of this trauma, she has gone on to become a successful wife, mother, registered nurse, and minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm not the woman I used to be. I'm Free is a straight-up show to enlighten you and to lighten your load. Do not let the weight of this world or the things that have happened to you control your life. For more on the show and Diane and her book, The Story of Me, email her directly from her show page here on Toginet. Then, join us for I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be, I'm Free, with Minister Diane Jones, Monday nights at 10, 9 central on toginet.com. We're back with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Here's more Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. Hey, 
ladies. This is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Linda Franklin, and this is Powered Up Talk Radio. And, Linda, we're going to delve into the afterlife. I'm so excited to talk to Barry Eaton today. Now, there was a show you were talking about this summer, Proof of the Afterlife? Or proof. <laughs> yeah, um, well, I mean, you know, so Barry and I were going to talk about, you know, is, is death really the end, or is there something more? And... um you know, is there more when you die? And there was this great show, and I don't know if anybody caught it, but I watched it. It was like a summer series on TNT, and it was called Proof, and it was Jennifer Beals, and I really like Jennifer Beals. Remember, she was the old flash dance gal back in the yeah. 80s? And um, the show, she was hired. She was a doctor. She's a cardiovascular surgeon. Um, but, she, you know, she had lost her son, and I think she had a near-death experience as well, but she was hired by this billionaire billionaire who was dying of cancer and and hired her to do some really deep exploration into what happens after you die because, you know, he was getting close and he wanted proof, hence the name of the show, that there was life after death. So um, I was, I, you know, I love the show, and I hope that they bring it back next year. And the mere fact that they're bringing these kind of shows onto, you know, network television for the masses, I think is very encouraging that people are really interested in that in those topics. So now I think it's time to bring Barry in to hear what he has to say. I think. I think it is. Thank you for your for your television review. The show is called Proof. It airs on TNT. Uh, one thing that I'm so excited about, Barry, and, and you know, Barry, I'm going to let you introduce yourself, but but and I touched on it in the first part of the show. But you have an you have a really cool pedigree for somebody that digs into the afterlife. You're not your typical you know near death researcher. Um, you're qualified in a lot of different ways. So I'd love for you to share with our listeners uh, some. Of those qualifications and some of the things that led you to being, you know, who you are today. Well, thank you, Sandra. I like the word pedigree. I've, I've never been associated with a pedigree. I thought that was dogs, but anyway. Well, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> it's meant no, as a compliment. It's a good thing. There's a Barry Eaton who writes about dogs, so it's not oh. me. I don't do that. <laughs> no, I, I've been working in radio and television for many years now. I started off in the theatre um, back. I won't go back when that happened, but I've worked on radio, television, I've I've hosted shows, I've um, been a news and sports anchor and many different things, journalist, I lectured in journalism, all of these things until I had a big life-changing incident and Sandra, I guess you'll know exactly what all that's about having heard your intro today and that's called Divorce. And uh, when, when that happened, my life took a totally different turn because I wanted it to take a different turn. So I opened up. I was doing a, a talkback show with um, astrologers and clairvoyants and all sorts of people. And I was told once on air by this clairvoyant, you're going to be doing this sort of thing yourself soon. I said, oh, yeah, right. You know, here I am. I'm running a PR company. I'm doing radio. I'm doing television. I don't have time. She said, yeah, it'll work out. She was right. It all happened. I just decided to study astrology out of the blue, and it all took off from there. So I've been combining both ever since, and I still work on radio. I still have my own internet radio program called Radio Out There. I still do voiceover work, narrate documentaries and commercials and whatever, but I also write and investigate. I also do um, consulting work for people who, people call them readings, but I prefer to call them more a consultation, an intuitive consultation where I can help people to help themselves. I don't give them all the answers. I help them to find answers for themselves. So that is it in a nutshell, I guess. 
Well, and I think it's really important that, you know, we, we bring this up, Barry, because, you know, anybody can self-publish these days. And, you know, your your book's a Tarcher imprint, and, you know, we're big fans of Tarcher over here. And, you know, they just put out great product. They also vet things very well. And, you know, I went to journalism school, too, and there's an old adage that says, you know, if your mother says you love she loves you, check it out. So when I find journalists like you that come forward with their own research, their own experience, um, it gives me a second look. And I did. I read your book cover to cover. I highlighted certain things. Um, I was very interested in what you had to say because you're not the typical person that comes up and writes a book about the afterlife and, and this type of spiritual realm. And that was very intriguing to me. Well, things happen in life, Sandra, as you know. And I didn't set out to write a book on the afterlife. I'd set out to write a, a book which I was sort of thinking like the idiot's guide to spirituality, new age, whatever you like to call it. And uh, the publishers here in Australia, Alan and Unwin, uh, decided that they didn't want that. But they said to me, how would you like to write a book about, uh, take this chapter on reincarnation and afterlife and turn that into a full book? So, I mean, you don't say no to a publisher when they want you to do something. Well, I don't anyway. And so it all, it all emerged from there. And the, I realized then that it was part of my purpose in life and a, a very, very important part. And my footsteps had actually been led in this direction. So there are no coincidences. Things happen for a reason. And so that's how the Afterlife books happened. So when you, you got this, you know, to, this offer to publish this book on something that you really didn't know a whole lot about, how did you go about, uh, how did you go about going to get the information? Is it sort of like this television show I was telling you about where you went and talked to people and, 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 and maybe had readings yourself or how did it work? Well, that's a good question, Linda, because um, I had not really investigated it tremendously. I, I'd always believed in it. I'd been running a, a group a spiritual development group here in um, Australia for the last, well, four or five years at that stage. And we'd started to do areas like this. But my partner, Judy, passed over in 1997. And uh, I'd already been doing some clairvoyant work and some astrology and whatever. And after she passed over, I was given permission from the powers that be on the other side um, via a medium at first to be able to explore my relationship with Judy, keep in contact, and then my abilities as a medium increased exponentially as of that time. So I was able to uh, work with Judy and then my abilities increased. And of course, then when Alan and Unwin asked me to go and write the book, I started to do some research through my own radio program, through my own interest. But then various mediums that, that I'd worked with and knew, uh, I got in touch with them and we started to work together, including a wonderful guy I've been helping through my group. It's trans medium, uh, Kelly. And I can take Kelly down into a very deep state and then he allows this um, spirit called John Dingwall to come through. John was a former screenwriter and, uh, and film producer here in Australia. I, I knew him um, briefly, but he is the spokesperson for a huge group of spirits on the afterlife. And they come through. He's like a an anchor, I guess, on, like on the spiritual side. Yeah, well, a channel, if you want to use that. Yeah. Um, and 
It's, it's more than that, though. It's more than being, being a channel. Um, Kelly is more like the channel. John is on the other side, and he represents all of these spirits in various levels of the afterlife. So the information that's coming through is not coming from just one person. He's, he's kind of like a funnel and uh, like a, a spirit anchor, if you like. Yeah, and he's the, the he's the the. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say he's like the instead of the speaker of the house, he's the speaker of the afterlife. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And the information that comes through sometimes will, uh, resulted from questions from me. Other times they would come in and say, we want to talk about such and such at the moment because there is a concerted drive on in the world of spirit, the afterlife, heaven, paradise, whatever you want to call it. There's a concerted drive to get the information out to people that there is no such thing as death the way that most of us think of death. Yeah, there's the death, the death of the body, but that's it. The person, the soul, the spirit lives on. And they want this to be able to be pushed around, this message, to remove the fear that so many people have. And that is the, the basic premise of everything. You talk about that TV series, Proof. Well, that's just another instance. I was told that I would be one of many people getting this message out. And it happens not only on radio, and it happens on TV, it happens on movies, everything at the present stage to help people understand there's a lot more to life than just sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Well, and Barry, would you say it's safe to say that your spirituality cracked open, like with the loss of Judy? Like with my when my mother died, I never thought of myself as particularly spiritual or gifted or really anything of anything. But then that when my mom died, I had such intense grief, such intense loss, and it and it just felt like a nut that cracked open. And then all of a sudden, I could feel, I could hear, I could, I, there were things that were happening that was very different prior to my mom's passing yeah well it sounded it's exactly what happened because when judy and i were real soulmates we'd only connected four years before she passed and i was absolutely devastated as you can imagine when she did die very suddenly from a, a rare heart lung condition and i just didn't know what to do I, we had started a radio program together um, a, a couple of months before she passed actually and called it celestial power and on the program was a medium, Ruth. And Ruth contacted me a few months after Judy's funeral and said to me, would you like to speak to Judy? And I said, well, yes, Ruth, but I know, you know, you know she's passed over. She said, yes, but she's, she's come through. She wants to talk to you. So I went along to Ruth's place and Ruth put me in touch with Judy. And the information that Ruth was able to provide as a medium blew me away because Ruth had met Judy very, very briefly and it was like a fortnight before she passed. She was in a really bad way. So she had no idea who she was. She didn't know her background or anything beyond the fact that she was in a, in a very bad way. So the information that came through from that really opened me up. And then when I was given permission to be able to start communicating with Judy, at first through automatic writing, and then as it developed, my own medium skills developed after that. So it was... It was Barry, i got to cut you off for a second. I just got to take us to commercial break. This is Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin of Powered Up Talk Radio. You're going to want to come back after the break because we're here with Barry Eaton. He's talking about the afterlife. And uh, we will be back. You're going to want and not going to want to miss this. It's amazing. We're going to talk about the afterlife now after the break.
we've got lots more Powered Up with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin after these messages. This is for all you girls about 42. Tossing pennies into the fountain of youth. In today's business world, a helping hand or idea that doesn't come with an invoice is a treasured find. And if that happens to you, then you need to pay it forward to keep other entrepreneurs from making mistakes or getting a raw deal. It's called Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi. Wednesday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central. Josephine is going to have the guests describe their accomplishments, the lessons they've learned, both good and bad, and then sharing those pieces of knowledge as we create a movement of Paying It Forward. For more information about Josephine, her business, and background, you can go to MyMomKnowsBest.com. Josephine Jirasi has always been a problem solver. She saw this need and has turned it into a movement. It's Paying It Forward with tips, tools, and advice and hard lessons learned. These pieces of knowledge can make a huge difference for you, your business, and others. So join us for Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi, Wednesday mornings at 10 a.m., 9 a.m. Central on Doginet.com. Everybody, everybody. Have you heard? The pages of American Patchwork and Quilting magazine come to life on our new weekly online radio show, American Patchwork and Quilting. Join Pat Sloan, our blogging and quilt designer host, as she talks about the latest trends, ideas, and inspirations. Her guests include quilt pattern designers, authors, quilt shop owners, and our editors. All quilters, just like you. Call in with your questions. Get quilting tips from industry experts. Learn about free patterns. Hear behind-the-scenes stories from our magazines, American Patchwork and Quilting, Quilt Sampler, and Quilts and More. Get the scoop on free stuff and find out more about the best independent quilt shops in North America. To listen to a live show, tune in Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Just log on to allpeoplequilt.com radio. To hear past shows, go to iTunes and search for American Patchwork and Quilting Radio. We hope you'll join us because we know that quilting changes everything. We're back with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Here's more Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Linda Franklin, and we are visiting with Barry Eaton. And I had to cut everybody off to take us with commercial break, but Linda, you had a question for Barry, uh, so I wanted to give you an opportunity to ask it. Oh, thank you, Sam. Uh, Barry was talking about how you know he communicated with Judy, his his former love uh, after she passed with, with mediums. Now I'm asking, can you communicate with Judy now on your own? Um, does she come to you in a dream? Is, do you feel her spirit around you? Do kind of her energy do weird things in the house? Anything like that? Well, it's been a sort of a movable feast, Linda. Uh, at first, when I started uh, connecting with Judy, as I said, it was automatic writing, and then I felt her presence around me, and, and they send us signals quite often from the afterlife. Judy had uh, a couple of different pieces of music that uh, I, I sort of, when I heard it on the radio, I knew she was around, and I had to pull the car over a couple of times. Um, 
because I was so emotional about the whole thing. But once you can move through this intense grief and then start communicating, we did on a regular basis. She started to communicate through my head, through my thoughts, through my dreams. I had the most wonderful dream one night. I talk about this in my first book that I wrote called Afterlife. And uh, I, I woke up at about three o'clock in the morning because that's a very low energy time and, and people will wake up. You get downloads, you get wonderful dreams around about three o'clock in the morning. Yep. And I dreamt that I was in a house with Judy and it was exactly the house she'd always wanted to have. And she was out showing me her garden and everything like that. But all of a sudden it was snowing. And where the snow came from, I'm not quite sure. But anyway, I rolled up a big snowball and I took it into the house and I threw it at her. And of course she got very cross as women do when you throw snowballs at them in the house. But then we, we sort of um, broke up laughing and everything like that. And we had this magnificent hug. And it was something I found out afterwards that there's no such thing as sex because we don't have bodies as such in the afterlife. But we have this process, I guess, called melding. And the two spirits meld together. And it was the most magnificent feeling I have ever had. Any orgasmic feeling you've ever had multiplied a thousandfold and that was it. It was all spiritual. I woke up in the middle of the night, sat a bolt up and upright in bed and the tears were pouring down my face mm. that was the ultimate the ultimate communication yeah. since then we communicate in many different ways but judy has advanced she's gone on to higher levels in the afterlife which we mm. do and i can explain that later if you like Please. so we don't have constant communication these days but i know she is around me and john has told me she is also an integral part of the group that he works with that's bringing information through. And I know she's around me right now as we speak. Oh, that's, I, can, I, can fit, that's I can feel her presence. Wonderful. You know, I think, you know, when you see about people wanting to get in touch with, with people who have passed, they, they, the thing that comforts them the most is, you know, are they happy? Are they okay? Is it, you know, is it as beautiful as we want to believe? You know, because that brings comfort to, to us that are still here. You can rest assured everybody that once people get to the other side, providing they haven't been some kind of evil dictator, terrorist, drug baron or paedophile or whatever, that they are in a, in a very, very peaceful and loving place because that's what the universe is. That's what the afterlife is. It's peace and it's love. You're talking about peace in the first segment today. And that's exactly what we really strive for deep inside ourselves because that's what we're used to. That's what we have in our home, which is the afterlife. This is not home. This is the earthly adventure we're on. Yeah. So we're yearning for that peace that we remember and we want to go back to it. But of course, you know, it depends on what we do in our life. We can't expect to go back and have peace and love and all these beautiful things if we have been totally evil. Sure, we make mistakes. Sure, we do wrong things and, and we do hurtful things. But that that's not the same as being completely evil. But when we get back there, we are welcomed. And there's this wonderful, loving reconciliation, if you like, between members of our family. I mean, you can expect to connect with your mother again there, Sandra. And so many different people that are waiting that we may not even consciously remember, but they are part of our soul family and mm. our extended soul family because we've got, we've got sort of levels of extended families as well. And they greet us and they're, they're around us. And it's, it's a welcoming. It's a homecoming. Did you ever ask, um, because everyone said, you know, we're here to learn and we're learning from all these lessons, hopefully, and, and finding that heaven right here on earth. Um, and then, you know, when we're there and we go up the different levels, that it is our choice 
to come back. Well, there's a lot of controversy about that one, Linda. Um, Whether or not we have a choice depends on who we are because everybody's story is different. As you know, we've got seven-plus billion people on the planet. Everybody's got their own story. And as I write in both of my books, Afterlife and No Goodbyes, the, the phrase, as above, so below, applies. And there are so many things that happen. So we bring down with us what we need to know, where we need to go, and everything like that. But we also return with whatever we have residual uh, from our life here. We take it back as an imprint on our spirit. So we have to work through all of these things. So it's very difficult to come up with just what happens on a general basis. There are certain things that happen, but everybody's story is different, and I think that's very important to remember. Well, and and Barry, um, after my mom died, uh, she came to me really clearly in a dream. We had this great conversation, and she said, oh, you know, I'm so happy. I'm so happy to be out of that body. And she said to me, and I'm so busy here. She says, there's so much to do. And, you know, I thought, you know, I read your book and, you know, I thought it was really cool and everything, but I wanted your take on there's so much to do here. <laughs> well, that's right. So many people think, okay, you get over there, you're issued with the obligatory harp and a cloud and off you go. Look, it doesn't happen like that. When we get over there, if we've had a, a bad illness or whatever, we have to go through a healing process because we take, as I said, the imprint of this into our spirit. And the spirit, by the way, is the vehicle for the soul. The soul is the the vibrational energy that never, ever dies. So when we go back again, we've got this uh, healing process, then we connect with the family, and then we have a life review. We look back on our life and everything like this. And we are usually the harshest judges, but we've got our, our guides over there that we work with. We know what we've set out to do at the beginning of the life, whether we've got there or not. Well, that's up to us to work out, but there's no punishment as such. But then when we settle back into the afterlife, you're right. There is so much to do that the learning process never stops. We work with groups. We work in kind of development groups, really, and working out what we've done before and working out what it is we want might want to work out in our next life. But then in between time, we've got things that we might be helping out with greeting spirits who are coming over from the other side, working with younger spirits, working in many different areas. Because, as I said, the group that, that John brings through is about 90 to 100 different spirits. Now, each one of those is doing that as part of what they do. But there's also recreation. You can go to concerts. There's music. There's, they even watch films. They don't watch sort of nasty, horrible films. But they, they do have uh, the kind of inspirational films over there. That, that they all go Oh, I'd love visit. to go to movie night in the afterlife. That has to be so cool. <laughs> yeah, you don't even need any tickets. That's the good thing about it. You don't but, need any money. <laughs> no, no such thing as money. Uh, lots of good things like that. But look, there's sport, there's many activities, there's creative, creative activities. People are encouraged. I mean, you might have always wanted, like me, I've always wanted to paint, but I've never ever sort of... Um, got down into the whole process of learning or experimenting or anything. So maybe when I get back there next time, I'll start doing some painting. And you can, you can act, you can play musical instruments, all sorts of things, because these restrictions are not there. And we can open up to the freedom of our soul. So 
as you as you say, Sandra, your mother is got she's so busy. That's why sometimes we think, why aren't they contacting us? Why aren't they coming through in dreams? Well, they've got their life as well. So, uh, yeah, they do surround us. They do come back, but it's a very busy and it's a wonderful life. But it depends exactly your stage of development as to what you do, where you are, and how you progress. Barry, um, did you have, before all of this happened, um, a fear of death? And now with all of these new enlightenments that have come to you, um, now you're not, and it's changed the way you live? When I was very young, I had a fear of death, but that's gradually faded. And nowadays, look, I went through um, a cancer uh, problem a couple of years ago, and I thought at the time, well, okay, if this is my time, I'm quite happy. I've had a good life. I've done all sorts of good things. I've written two books at this stage, and I was ready to go. Not a fear in the world. Not a fear. But um, Spirit has decided that I've got a few more things to do yet, so they said, no, you can't come over. In fact, I've been told my father came through another medium at the Afterlife Conference I was emceeing earlier this year, saying, it's not your turn. You've got more things to do. Then, okay, Dad, all right, I can, I can take a message. Do you, do you believe that our, you know, that we do have a choice of when we're going to go and when, or, or our soul says, okay, I'm done, we've done everything, goodbye? <laughs> Look, we have a contract. We have a life contract. Our soul knows exactly what it is we've come here to do. And when our soul decides to attach for one reason or another from the body, that is the time that we do leave the body and return home. That's what we know as death. But if you want to... Uh, end the process beforehand. That's a process called suicide, and I wouldn't recommend that one. No, 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 I wouldn't, because there's, there's no free lunches. There's no easy way out. You've got to do it the way it's meant to be. I agree. Yeah, well, there's no punishment oh, for suicide. There's no punishment for suicide, but when you get back there, you realize that you've opted out of a contract, and you've got to come back again. Yeah. 999 out of 1,000, you've got to come back again and do it all again. That's why we try to, to figure things out while we're here so that, you know, we'll, there's, there's always going to be more to figure out. But the, the, the more we can get off our plate during this lifetime, I think it'll be more joyous the next. Well, that's part of what we're here for, not only to, uh, to have all these experiences, but to learn and grow and develop our soul. I feel very calm right now, I, even with the drug. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's Barry. Barry is like got us into this. Like, I know. We got our peace. We got our heaven on earth. I need to take us to commercial break, guys. This is Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin of Powered Up Talk Radio. For those of you that missed the first three quarters of our show, you can find us at PoweredUpTalkRadio.com. You can go to iTunes. Just Google Powered Up Talk Radio. We will be there. You can also go to our host station, Global Broadcasting Networks, at Toginet, T-O-G-I-N-E-T, dot com for this and more other shows in our spirituality series. We're visiting today with Barry Eaton. You're going to want to check him out on Amazon and Barnes and Nobles. He's got a couple books out. His name is spelled E-A-T-O-N. When we come back from the break, we're going to learn more about how to reach Barry. And we're also going to talk about the Hall of Records. So when you come back, you're going to want to hear about the Hall of Records because it was new to me, even though I went to Catholic school and apparently it's in the Bible somewhere. We've got lots more powered up with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin after these messages.
I am not the woman I used to be. I'm free with Minister Diane Jones. Monday nights at 10, 9 central on Toginet. This is your chance, ladies, to hear stories of hope and healing from someone who's been there. Someone who has fought back from the horrors of incest. Minister Diane's innocence was stolen from her in the land of alcoholism and mental illness, which led to her being emotionally, physically, and sexually abused by her parents. Yet in spite of this trauma, she has gone on to become a successful wife, mother, registered nurse, and minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm not the woman I used to be. I'm Free is a straight-up show to enlighten you and to lighten your load. Do not let the weight of this world or the things that have happened to you control your life. For more on the show and Diane and her book, The Story of Me, email her directly from her show page here on Toginet. Then, join us for I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be, I'm Free, with Minister Diane Jones, Monday nights at 10, 9 central on toginet.com. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Be here for Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer. Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Trisha will dig deep into topics that matter most to women, inspiring women to make a change in their own lives and to make a difference in the world, and maybe even deep within their own hearts. Trisha is a wife, mom, speaker, family expert, and author of 24 books. For more information on Trisha and Living Inspired, go to her website, trishagoyer.com. That's T-R-I-C-I-A-G-O-Y-E-R dot com. Trisha's vision is to be the voice of hope and possibility for women of all ages. Her intention is to serve ordinary women by encouraging extraordinary things with God's help. Trisha expresses real life, real hope for real women. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Living inspired with Trisha Goyer. Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Here's more Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Linda Franklin, and we are visiting with author Barry Eaton. He's also a spiritualist. He's many, many things. You're going to want to look him up on the Internet because he's a really neat guy. Um, I want to talk in this last segment about the Hall of Records, and primarily because after my mom died, I had a dream where we were standing in this big hall, and it seemed like a Hall of Records, and I was laughing, going like, Mom, how is it I can see you? And she's like, I can see you too. And we had a hug, you know, not like Barry and Judy's hug, but we had this great hug that just, I don't know, it set me off for the rest of my life, you know, and it changed how I felt about the whole grieving process of losing someone. But I also thought I was a little loony, Barry. So I started doing some research and I did some research about this hall of records and you know I found that it appears in the Bible in Ezekiel 41 1 through 10 it says inside the temple he brought me to a great hall the width of the entrance was 17 and a half feet and the side walls were you know they describe it 35 feet he went in and measured and then they talk about how you know that uh, this is the volume this is the building where the volumes of the great halls repository from pre-dawn existence and I thought that was pretty wild, and then it showed up in your book. So I would like to hear about your experience with the Hall of Records. Well, the Hall of Records is somewhere where when we are advanced enough as a spirit, we are allowed access to it, fairly open access from what I understand. And you're right, it goes right back to the dawn of civilization on this planet and presumably others as well, and everything is recorded there. And when we have access, when we're granted access to it, we are able to find out not only our own 
past lives and existences, but we're able to um, find out information about everything that's been going on. It looks to us the way we would expect it to look. Now, in your instance and in mine, it sort of looked like a, a Greek temple, but in other people's, it could be like a vast library. Once again, it's the perspective that we put on things that we create in our own mind because everything is done, everything communication in the afterlife happens through thought, and this is why when they communicate with us, it's through dreams, through thoughts, through everything like this. But the Hall of Records is... You might think you're going in there and it's going to be a giant library or there's parchments or whatever, but there are many, many advanced technical things there, like information comes through in a holographic form so that we can actually see things recreated. We can be in the Hall of Records, from my understanding, and see a certain battle or a certain situation replay itself in a holographic image. It's quite an amazing thing, but it's it's not just like a giant movie theatre where you go along and say, well, okay, this week I'm going to go along and have a little look at Caesar being stabbed. No, it's not <laughs> like that. Um, you, you can't just recreate things for your own fun and amusement. It's got to be done in a very responsible sort of a way. And you're only allowed access to this for your own spiritual advancement. But to be able to move into the more entertainment sort of things, yes, you can uh, watch television and things like that in a similar kind of holographic situation, by the way. So that there are many ways of communicating in the afterlife and where we are with the Hall of Records depends on what we are doing, our stage of development, which uh, level we are on the afterlife, and whether or not we're allowed access on our own or whether we can only go there with our guides. Once again, it, it's a different story for every single person, but the Hall of Records is there, but it, it's, it's not a fun place. It's a place to be able to learn, advance, and grow. Well, and that's pretty much what it said in Ezekiel. Um, you know, same thing. It's it's reverent. It's it's serious, and it's a place to learn and grow. I do have one question for you with all this, because you know, there's some things that I do on Earth here that I really don't want my mom to see. Uh, <laughs> how? Like, where's privacy in all this? You know, if our spirits are hanging around, you know, my mom's in here. Is she going to be on my next date? You know, with me? Like, where's the privacy line? I, I just had some mental images then. I'm sorry, sir. Maybe it's your mother putting them into my mind. I don't know. <laughs> That's why I broke up laughing. Look, it's it's a question that I asked the spirits as well when I was writing about this. You know, are they able to... I don't want my grandmother coming in in some intimate romantic moment or whatever. But no, they have to re, uh, look at our privacy just as they would if they were a guest in the house. And I mean, if... You had your mother staying in your house and you were going off to do so. You wouldn't expect her to tag along afterwards. No, of course not. She will respect and they have to respect our privacy. They're not hanging around us the whole time. They're not tagging after us like a little shadow. They come and they go. As you said before, they've got so many things they're doing. But they are attracted back to us at times of need and we can communicate with them and they can be in more place, more places than one when they get to a certain level, they can bilocate. They can do all manner of things, the more advanced spirits, that is. It sounds like your mum might be a bit of an advanced spirit from what I'm feeling. 
Well, that's neat you say that because I've heard that from other mediums and psychics. They said she's very strong. That's why I said she's pushy. She might, you know, push her way into this radio show. We wouldn't be surprised, um, you know. But there's, it, you know, it comes down to very practical things. How did you um, grow your skills? Let's say, you know, you've got these great skills. You've got these great abilities, and you know, do you believe everybody has them? And what are some things we can do to increase our own abilities and connection with spirit? Well, this is what I did in my spiritual development group. Yes, everybody has got a certain amount of, call it intuition, call it gut feelings or hunches or whatever. Yes, we are all psychic, intuitive, but it's like having a game of tennis. Some people can just get the ball over the net. Other people go on to become really good players and other people make a living out of it. It's the same thing with our intuitive development. We have to, I mean, one of you turned around, we were talking about doing Reiki earlier on. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. You can learn these things and develop them, but it has to be done through a state of intention. But you might be good at the intuitive side of things. You might be a natural medium or whatever. But if you choose to increase your skills and open up, that state of intention is really, really important. But we can all communicate with people on the other side, and most of us do. Most of us have a dream at some stage or other. And this is a normal form of communication from the afterlife. At night, the spirit leaves the body. The body needs the rest. The spirit doesn't. It's energy. It's pure energy. So it leaves the body and goes roaming. And that's where some of our dreams and some of our, the ones that we can remember anyway, can be really way out. We can remember being in contact with people on the other life, on the other side. And we do. We communicate with our guides. We, we connect again with loved ones. Not all the time, not every night, but it happens regularly. So it's there, but you've got to choose to want to do it. It's like anything. It's your and that's, so and that's the intention. Oh. And, and that, I'm sorry. And that's the intention because you have to have an intention in order for something to happen. And another thing that I found, because you know, this is me. I'm a New Yorker, and I, it's getting it out of your head and into your heart. And when 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 you can when you can feel it viscerally inside your body, it, it, it's so different than just mentalizing it. If there's such a word as mentalizing. Yeah, you're right on there, Linda. And the thing is that um, John and the spirits told me that the spirit connects with the body at the heart. Now, if you're getting in touch with your heart, you're also getting in touch with your soul. We link the two together, how many songs there are, heart and soul and whatever. So by connecting with your heart energy, which the heart as a muscle also has its own intelligence, but to connect with your heart It's an emotional contact because you're getting in touch with your true soul energy, and that is so vital. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I'm, I'm doing, it took me a long time, but I'm finally breaking through, I think, from the head to the heart. And it is, I mean, it, it, I mean, just subtle little changes. Like, I'm from Toronto, but I've been in New York since I was 20 years old, and I love New York, and I, I should have worked for the Chamber of Commerce. And all of a sudden, New York is getting to be too much, too much noise, too, much peop- too many people, too, much, too fast. And I never, ever thought I would feel like that. 
Well, you're getting Just in like touch you. with your heart energy and your true yeah. direction in life. We all have a purpose. We all come here to do certain things. And so many of us don't really get in touch consciously with that purpose. Sometimes we have to be given a boot up the backside to be able to connect with what we're here to do. And this can happen in many, many different ways. Sometimes it can mean that you're fired from a job or your relationship breaks down, as it happened with me, and I was pushed in a whole new direction. And if you can listen to that inner voice and connect with your heart, as you've done there, Linda, then you can start to really find your purpose in life. Now, whether that's peace, whether it's uh, continuing in what you're doing now or branching out into something completely different, only you really know deep, deep down what that purpose is. And each one of us does this, and we can and we must connect with our purpose if we really want to advance our soul in this life. Now, Barry, how can people reach you? What what can they do with you? And and let's talk about your books. We've got a couple minutes before the end of the show. Sure. Okay. Well, my probably the, the easiest way is to get in through my radio program uh, because I've got uh, links across there. Um, you can either go to radiooutthere.com. Or just link up through uh, barryeaton.com will bring you up onto my, uh, to my first book, Afterlife. So either of those, or you can um, email me at radiooutthere, three words, but all joined together, radiooutthere at gmail.com. I've written two books. The first one is Afterlife, Uncovering the Secrets of Life After Death. And the second one is called No Goodbyes. That's just been released a few weeks ago. Uh, life-changing insights from the other side. And the main thing about these books and my work, ladies, is the fact that I have really wanted to help people not only to get over their fear of life, but to connect with what's going on in their life right now. And the feedback I've been getting, which is really wonderful, is that people are saying to me, you've made me think about my life. You've made me wonder whether I'm on the right track, and you've made me make the changes that I really feel I need to make. And that is a fantastic feeling, I've got to tell you. That's but a if blessing. I can help people, Yeah, if I can help people uh, through consultations or whatever, that's great. I don't chase them, but I put it out to the universe and people contact me if they really need me and I'm the right person for them. Well, Barry, thank you for being on our show today. Our guest has been Barry Eaton. Like you said, you can find him at barryeaton.com, radiooutthere.com. You could just Google him. I encourage you guys to get his books. Uh, they're available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, anywhere books are sold. Uh, I did receive an advanced copy from the publisher, and I enjoyed it. I thought it was great, Barry, which is why I brought you on the show. I want to thank you for being here today. Uh, Linda, thank you for being a guest. And I thought, you know, that New York siren coming through right at the point that you said, you know, New York is too loud and too busy was just perfect this is sandra beck for powered up talk radio we'll catch you again next week We're so glad you joined us for Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. Sandra Beck, Los Angeles-based single mother and technology company owner, knows what it's like to be fit, funny, and fantastic in your 40s. Linda Franklin, a New Yorker with a successful marriage and pro-